and welcome back to another fabulous episode of pageants and prosecco i won't keep you long with this introduction because i know you're just so eager to get back into the best pageant moments of the 2010s top pageant moments in review part two we are joined picking up right where we left off joined by Derek lee a pageant coach sierra frischel who is miss universe canada kiera monet tolentino who is Miss South Florida, United States, and my intern, Alex Syndrome, as we discuss some of the biggest pageant moments of this last decade. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the Miss America infamous apology to Vanessa, contestants falling on stage, Miss Bachelor USA, a lot of people going into the reality television world after competing, transgender and how the rules are being more flexible and how the industry is becoming more accepting of the lgbtq community and of course steve harvey's very 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 infamous fiasco that happened in miss universe in 2015 and then we get into political question and answers and kind of the transition of the q a on stage from easier going questions to more politically driven um uh, taboo type of questions. So this is a good episode, you guys. This is part two of our best pageant moments of the last decade. Get your glass. This is a funny episode. I cannot wait for you guys to listen. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys. Let me know how you think. Let us know on our Instagram, Pageants and Prosecco. Please follow us. I appreciate it. And now, here's your episode. Okay, and speaking of forgiveness, Derek, thank you for that. One famous, infamous thing that happened this decade, and it's been decades in the making, honestly, was mm. Miss America and versus Vanessa Williams. Mm-hmm. And just a little bit of backstory, if you guys are listening, you don't know, just Google it, but Vanessa Williams was Miss America in 1983. Four. Four. <laughs> and she... um was in college and then she was decrowned um a month before she was giving up her title anyway to the next person and she was the first miss black miss america so it was seen as like kind of bogus for them to do that over some pictures that came out before her reign even started um so she was decrowned fast forward to this decade what was it like three years, three years ago now yeah mm-hmm. um miss america officially issued an apology <coughs> to vanessa for decrowning her when she was 21 and now she's 40 something mm-hmm. what do you guys think about miss america formally going on record to apologize to vanessa williams decades later for what they did you, I, th- well, I should say do you i guess not necessarily did you agree with what happened back then but did you think they owed her an official apology like they did and then also for backstory she they issued her apology and then she was head judge the same year i think that it was almost it was over two decades ago when it happened and I think that whoever was in charge of the Miss America organization back then um, kind of made a unwise decision because you know nowadays everyone's checking social media everyone's doing extensive background checks and I think that that wasn't done so the fact that she posed nude, she said she did it for co- for money, to, you know, for college. But I think that if you didn't catch it then, 
um, she should not have been stripped of her title. But at the time, it was 1984. It was the very first time that you saw a Black woman receiving a national title. So there was already backlash. And I feel that people had it out for her from the minute she won. Right. So I think that the apology that they gave her, I think that it was sincere. And to make her the national, to make her the head judge was an even better decision. Because she got to come on stage to perform too. So it was kind of like her night of redemption with the organization. And she didn't have to accept it. So the fact that she did, I think that says a lot about her. True, true. So I have... I've always had pretty mixed feelings about it because I like love Vanessa Williams. Um, the pictures were so racy. And so I actually understand why the organization did what they did. I don't necessarily agree with how they did it, but, and also I don't know what was in her paperwork before. I know that when we do pageants now, we see it in paperwork must not have posed nude, you know? Right. You agree um, with what they did back then know. or what they did today? I don't know. That's what I mean. I don't know. Maybe they didn't, and now they do it because of what happened with her in 1984. And that's just the thing that I was thinking, too. Like, did they know before? Did she disclose it? Did she not? Was it mentioned in the in the contract? So, the fact that they say, oh, this is why you're getting rid of, this is why we're dethroning you. And it was a month before the pageant. Right. <laughs> but I also, I also understand like because at the end of the day like pageants are a business you know and so the pictures were they were just so racy like I'm gonna assume that everyone here has mm -hmm. seen them mm -hmm. it was like yeah you know, girl you know I did <laughs> like, it was <laughs> it was a lot and it just wasn't on brand with Miss America like then or now you know and so I understand like that things have to be done in terms of them issuing her an apology, like I think that that's I think that's great. I think it's great that she's able to she's able to redeem herself and have that that experience with the organization. But um, those pictures were a lot. <laughs> were they? <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah, like I you just googled them because I'm doing the organization nowadays with that. So yeah. yeah, and on those pictures, I'm going to pour up some more. Hear it. My wine glass starts to get a little empty. <laughs> a little empty, a little sad. Girl, um, I heard it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we have more to go to. We're just talking about what disrupted the industry. Um, now, kind of just fast forwarding to today, we're seeing a lot of what I label as Miss Bachelor USA. A lot of title holders making moves to reality television. And lately, it's been Miss Bachelor. So just real fast, you guys' thoughts on going from Miss USA to Miss Bachelor. USA. I mean, they do well with social media. They do better with social media when they go on the show versus, like, just being, I guess, in the pageant world. But I don't really have any... I don't. Do you guys know, like, why... Why is it... How, like, why has it become a trend? I, I actually don't know. I don't watch The Bachelor. I don't watch The yeah. Bachelor. I... <laughs> I know. I only know from social media, from seeing it, but I've never watched it on TV. But it's weird. I, um, I remember watching one episode with my mom, and the only mm -hmm. reason I was watching it is because there was a former title holder. I'm not going to say her name, but she was super sweet. During the pageant, girls were saying, oh, how nice she is. But for some reason, she was being really bitchy on The Bachelor. 
And I'm just like, was the character she was playing or was she doing it for more TV time? But I don't know what their motive is behind going on the show. Or are these producers watching Miss USA and like looking to see who could be the next contestant? Like, like recruiting them or something? Yeah. Like, why are they going on that show when there's there? It's getting to the point where there's a lot of them now. Yeah, and this season I think it was like five who were somehow a former Miss Teen or something like that. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, let's just keep moving forward because we did have a big disruption in the pageant industry, something that just completely shook our foundation to the core. Angela. Miss Spain, the mm-hmm. first transgender to compete at Miss Universe. She represented Spain at the international competition and it sparked a little bit of controversy over who is eligible to compete at Miss Universe. Your thoughts? Okay, so I think I'm just going to put it out there. Like with Miss USA, I believe their contracts say they have to be a natural born female. Yeah, I think I like right? that yeah. Ian has said that those words, that phrase. Okay, so why does Spain get a pass? Well, in Canada, I think that things were first changed in Canada because in 2012, Jenna Talakova was a competitor at Miss Universe Canada, mm-hmm. which is the pageant that sends a Canadian representative. Mm-hmm. And she, like, they somehow found out, like, I think two days into Miss Universe Canada, that she was born a male. And so she was immediately disqualified. And then there was a whole uproar, um, like in Canada, internationally, in the news. And then I am assuming it was changed universe-wide. That's why I'm not sure why Miss USA would be any different, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. transgender women were allowed to compete because then she was immediately allowed to compete again at Miss Universe Canada, made it to the top 12. So from my understanding, it was like a Miss Universe-wide thing. Like, not just Spain, but all of the countries. So I didn't know that it's different for Miss USA. I didn't know that. Yeah, so do you guys feel that the USA should change their rules? No. That's No. That's a hard question. Yeah, it is a hard question. Right. I just feel like if you're, if you're all competing for Miss Universe, the, rule, the same rules should apply to every country. For sure. Mm-hmm. That's why. That. So, you guys, so it is for sure that at Miss USA, transgender women are not allowed to compete? Um, I don't know if it's officially a rule. Yeah, because I thought it was allowed. I'm not sure. We haven't had someone do it for it to be um, newsworthy. Yeah, but, I think if, if that happened here in the United States, it would be on the news. Yeah, It would be a sure. huge uproar. I mean, sure. I think that in the United States, especially with the controversy with LGBTQ, I think that they've had to have a lot of push and I think that would just be, I, I think that would cause an uproar. I, I think it's mm-hmm. sad, but I think it, that's what mm-hmm. would Exactly. I feel like, are, are, is the USA more worried about numbers and, and girls dropping out versus mm-hmm. having the rules be equal across the board for every country? I think what I want to ask you guys here is, where are we going with this? <laughs> I think my, I mean, my understanding, I, I'm, you know, was born a woman, um, but from my understanding of those I've talked to who are transgender, there is that sense that they were born in the wrong body. And so like, you know, if I were born a, a male and felt as though I was always a woman and wanted to be in this universe mm-hmm. and, you know, 
that I should have that equal opportunity because I was born in the wrong body. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of the gist of, but I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was not born into that situation, so I don't know. But that's kind of the, the understanding that I have is that it's like a, a born in the wrong body, so I should still have the same opportunities. It's a true belief. I have a, right. I have a friend that's transgender, and mm-hmm. she says that she would not ever want to compete for Miss Universe. Because Interesting. she would rather compete in a transgender pageant where all right. contestants know, are transgender. Yeah, and they can empathize with her and know what she's right. been through. And she will feel more right. comfortable competing amongst her own. Right, and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that she had anything against Angela competing. She thought it was beautiful to see her up there and take her mm-hmm. sash and you know put it on the floor and wave it up, but She's like, she wouldn't right. want to do it because she feels that all the other girls wouldn't get her. And that's what I think is sad. I saw, I thought it was inspiring to see Angela Ponce on stage because it shows that a transgender woman is beautiful and that all women are beautiful. And when and, you saw the lineup, I was like, oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. Yes. And I think mm-hmm. that, that was inspiring to a lot of women out there struggling with that. <coughs> and I think it's something that we need to be, that I think the USA needs to be a little bit more open about, but I think it's going to take a long time. It really is. Mm-hmm. To get there. I think it's going to be a challenging and rough journey to get there. So that's something that's going to happen in this decade, in the 2020 decade. Yeah, the, 20, yeah. Yeah, the 20s, the decade of the 20s. My, my take on the whole situation is at what point, where is the line? And mm-hmm. Monet, I know you're over there completely silent because we talk about this a lot of time off the record, but I always just wonder, we talk about the ageism versus allowing transgender to compete. And if you, if I'm too old to compete for Miss Universe, but someone who's not a natural born female can compete, at what point are we like, okay, now, like, I'm too young to compete, but someone who was born a male is able to compete like that's kind of like the dialogue that I think needs to be had because yeah I think that you know there are two different things but I Mm -hmm. think that um like one it is very progressive to allow Angela to compete you know it's great because it shows a shift in the industry I think it's very progressive um and shows a you know a positive shift in the industry to make the pageant more inclusive um, but I also think there's a lot of work to be done to make it even more inclusive. And I was discussing ageism, you know, like we're saying that someone who's what, 28 is entirely too old to be Miss Universe. 28 is so young, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while we're making these shifts and we're allowing transgender contestants to compete, there are so many other shifts that we could make to allow, you know what I mean? Like there's so many women, like phenomenal women who are 29 years old, who would be great on a Miss Universe stage, yeah. but they can't. Or people, women that, who already had a kid before, who might be able to Right, that too, you know what I mean? Like women, we, like, they have children. It's something that happens. But we're saying that if you have a child or if you are not in your mid-20s, you are no longer eligible to represent your country. Ultimately. Oh, might stop there. Um... Right. Anybody else? <laughs> okay. Alex, you want to take it away to our on-stage moments? On-stage? Okay. We all know Steve. Oh, Irwin's boy. Infamous oh, God. 
at the Miss Universe 2015, announcing the wrong winner of Miss Universe. What are your thoughts on that? Is it scripted? Do you think it was fake? Do you think it was real? Okay, and let me just say how I feel about this. So, when I when usually when Miss Universe is taking her first walk, the credits are rolling yes, on the yeah, screen. Yes, okay, and then they cut to the evening news. <laughs> it was eight fifty two when they announced the winner. There was eight. There was eight minutes to go. Right. What were you going to do for the next eight minutes? That's true. Yes, Derek. Thank you for that. So I. I feel like it was scripted, it, that's a little bit and I'm sticking to that. That's a good point. Because I work in I work in TV news, so I do understand the logistics of trying to put a show together and filling that time, filling that space. So logistically, and then I didn't watch it live because that was my birthday, honestly. And so Miss Universe always on my birthday. And so, um, just thinking about it logistically as a producer, you either would have had the girl walking on stage more, or because Derek is right. One thing that I hate about watching pageants on TV is that they immediately cut it off as soon as she's crowned. The ribbons, the cafe doesn't fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. mm-hmm. have eight minutes left. And then apparently one of the contestants that year said that this, that the teleprompter said to wait back. Because they didn't even run up. If you notice, the girls didn't run up to congratulate Columbia. Yeah, they just stood mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I, I believed that it was scripted for the longest time as well. And then I, I just, like, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, why would he do that to himself? But I think, like, we were in Atlanta this year watching Miss Universe, and my brother was with me, and he also thinks it was scripted because he's like, Steve doesn't give a crap, like, about the pageant. Like, he's just there. So regardless of, like, kind of how it's going to look on him, he doesn't care. So he still thinks it's scripted. I still have that belief that it's scripted because I just still don't understand how on earth you could do that, especially because, like, that's his job. Like, he is mm-hmm. a host. He does that kind of stuff every single day. Like, he's a professional. So mm-hmm. I just don't know how it was a mistake, you know? Like, I just, I want to believe it was a mistake, but I just feel like I can't. I just can't Yeah, and either. Steve has history of, since you mentioned Steve's history as a host, that's good. I didn't think about that, too. He has, like, a resume, you know. Host. So, mm-hmm. right. Steve has resume has a resume as a host, right? But like the Steve Harvey that I grew up on and I'm familiar with makes a lot of mistakes in the things that he says. Really? So, yes. <laughs> like he writes entire books about things that he doesn't know anything about. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and I mean, I like Steve Harvey. I think he's hilarious mm-hmm. most of the time, mm-hmm. but. I, to me, I've always seen him as like just the uncle who never knows what he's talking about, but somehow he's always talking. Right. So I could see how it was scripted. I could also see how he just read the wrong thing because he wasn't paying attention or because, like, I don't know. But that has to be right. the most important part of your hosting gig. Like, I'm giving you <laughs> 20K this night to, to do a lot, but the main part. And from what he turned around, it wasn't a lot on the card. It's not like it was a whole dissertation. With the was it on the teleprompter? Um, I, no, he they flipped the card around. No, it's on the card. It's on the card. Yeah, because if it was on the teleprompter, like you'd be able to, like the the contestants can read the teleprompter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That was I, that was. I think that moment is going to be the most infamous moment from this last decade period. <laughs> yeah, 
I literally just did a YouTube video on this, and that's like it, there was no way that couldn't be the number one. Like there was just no other option. Yeah. Do you think? Unfortunately, do you think MUL uses as a way to kind of bring back attention to the pageant because it was kind of plateauing? And it was being broadcast on another network. Mm-hmm. Because because for a minute I thought okay it's on Fox now she just got mm-hmm. crowned at eight fifty three so maybe mm-hmm. they're adding something else to it maybe they're going to interview her oh. and like drop balloons or something because it's in Vegas but then I'm like wait a second what does he mean I need to apologize mm-hmm. <laughs> and no one's running up to her and if you look at the video on YouTube after the show was over. A lot of girls are running up to her, so I'm like, they did like her. Mm-hmm. Because for a minute, I'm like, no one's running up to her. Did they not like her? Mm-hmm. But that's when I'm just like, okay, this is this is scripted. Because I get irritated when I see a girl taking her first walk and credits are rolling. Like, stop. Like, I want to see her. <laughs> um, so then, at that moment, I was like, okay, there's something fishy about this. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. And I do feel like this incident kind of boosted Pia's light period. I don't, do you think she mm-hmm. would have as much fame and notoriety today if she was just a regular contestant who would have won Miss Universe and nothing would have happened during her competition? Well, the Philippines, in the Philippines, the they, Philippines. Treat, they treat their queens like royalty. Like, yeah, yeah like religious yeah. figures. <laughs> She's up there with the president. So I think that, oh. um, I think that she would have been highly successful. In our country, yeah, regardless, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say Miss Columbia probably had more success because of the mistake. Um, like, there's no way I don't think she would have had the same success she did following if it wasn't for like she still would have done well in Colombia because Colombia mm-hmm. is another big pageant country. But I think mm-hmm. the whole mistake made her more famous worldwide as well. Yeah, I think. And and honestly, you guys, any times I tell someone that you know, I competed in Miss Universe or I'm going to Miss Universe. Like when we were going to Atlanta this year, everyone that doesn't know much about pageants knows Miss Universe because of the Steve Harvey mistake. So like Mm -hmm. if if it was on purpose, they did a great job because people who know nothing about pageants know it because of that, Mm -hmm. which is kind of sad. It was a great moment to do it. Like when they announced the winner, (laughs) announcing the wrong winner, it's kind of like scripted television. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But even from that incident, a lot of people were saying, Maybe they should go back to announcing the first runner up. Right. And give her, her her moment. Yeah. What's next, Alex? I think mm. what's next is do we want to talk about the slippery stage of Miss Universe this past year and contestants oh calling? I don't even know if that that's like oh, it was just so stupid and so bad. Like what the hell? So you saw it, right? I, I saw, saw yeah. What's I saw Miss France fall. What did they do to this? Like, was the stage cleaned right before? Or no, you know, you know what I think it was. I heard from a couple of contestants. It wasn't the stage. It was how long those um, the like sash things were. Like they were way too long, and girls were stepping on them. Is from what like what I understand. Okay, wait, their sash. Yeah. Uh, like their um, not what the hell do you call the thing? The the, the... Oh, like the cape. Yeah, the, like, they the were sarong, really the sarong singer. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the cape thing. Yeah, they were super long. Yeah, like they were. It, I don't even understand why they were like that. And then, of course, they had different ones on the final night, which they always do. 
But I always think, like, why don't they have those at prelims? Because, first of all, the girls can get used to them. Second, it's not like the girls are going to destroy them for the 15 seconds they're on stage. Because mm-hmm. the ones for the final night there, like, they were yeah. shorter and look better. Like, the ones that they had for prelims, like, they just looked, like, cheap, just bad. Okay. True. Yeah, they were pretty long. Mm-hmm. I think the universe organization needs to make sure that their production level is high quality because they are <laughs> yeah. one of the top pageants in the world. Mm-hmm. The first rather. Mm-hmm. Yes, words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fact that any kind of and even the stage like looked kind of janky. Like no shades of Tyler Perry. But like that's not a, a stage. That's not a runway where you have people cross. It was I, so bad. I've been, it was so I bad. walked a few runways. There's, there, there's certain choreography you could have for the stage and that was not <laughs> it. And I feel like that kind of hurt a lot of people too, just because the awkward passing person, passing the person on the yeah. was so weird. Mm-hmm. I just felt really bad for Miss France because she just like swooped. Are you guys talking at prelims or finals? Is this um, preliminaries? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because I mean, I mean, France fell. Uh, Indonesia almost fell. There were quite a few girls that actually fell right down. Like it wasn't just France. There were like probably four or five girls. Yeah, there was four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Malta, yeah. Malta fell, and yeah. Malaysia. Right. Oh, and New yes. Zealand too. Mm-hmm. So five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, from prelims to finals, though you're right in that. Like the the venues. I mean, prelims was at the hotel. Mm-hmm. And we saw that as well in 2017 that the prelims were was like a hotel lobby kind of area in Vegas, and it just for the people who paid thousands and thousands of dollars for some of those tickets on for the final night, it just it it was just so disappointing. I think for fans, for family, for directors who like worked so hard to send these women, for the women themselves, but I mean, still, it's a magical moment for the women to be up there on the stage. So. From a fan perspective, it was sad just because it wasn't as extravagant as you would expect. It's not as Miss Universe and as glam. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Maybe Miss, both Miss America and Miss Universe has been transitioning into less glamour style pageantries in this last decade. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I don't know, but I need a glamorous pageant. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do if like <laughs> things are changing. <laughs> They become more straightforward yeah. and boring. I know. Yeah. I know. Because <laughs> I like evening gown and I like it's so fun. I like those. Yeah, me too. <sighs> and yeah, like all competitors love it. Like I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. All right. What's next, Alex? Okay, we got a lot of stuff on here. Why don't we talk about okay. Miss USA twenty sixteen, Miss Hawaii was asked, who would you vote for, Trump or Clinton, at the Miss USA pageant? And the mm-hmm. audience skewed the question immediately. How do they, you guys feel about being asked about political candidates? Well, when we do our interviews here on the state pageants, I always tell the girls, you're not going to be asked anything about religion or politics unless you go there. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that judges should be asking that question at all. I agree. I think that was a, a really tacky question. Yeah, absolutely. Tacky is a good word. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that's so frustrating about that is that that just, to me, gives like another reason for the audience or members at home to become divided over something that just 
it just doesn't mm-hmm. need to be like it just right. it, I, I just don't think it's necessary at all i don't know anyways i i think and i think when you pl- when you place a vote it's private so why would you even yeah, ask exactly. her that question i think they were Absolutely. trying to stomp her to see how she would go about it we saw right. an increase in that though uh this last decade because miss america even asked one of the both asked two of their on stage questions was one was trump would you vote for him yes or no something like that and they also said to another contestant clinton would you vote for her yes or no or what are your thoughts so we had a lot of politically driven questions in this last decade specifically asking the contestants about their voting options mm-hmm. or even just their um views on polarizing subjects like if you look at the military question that shauna got that was my drop moment the mm-hmm. voting question you also may ask about um, gay marriage on stage questions. A lot of the on stage questions became more serious as opposed to what your favorite color is in this last decade. Do you think that the mm-hmm. pageant industry is trying to pull more education out of these women lately as opposed to focusing on looks? You think that's kind of what we're shifting on is making sure that, yes, yeah, she is smart and making sure that people know, oh, yeah, she's more than beauty. Probably, yeah, I would say that would be like the motivation behind it. I but I think there's a better way to do that. Yeah, that's I true. Think. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's probably like why they're doing it. I'm not like, or maybe right. I don't know because I mean they don't. You would think that like Miss America, Miss USA, Miss Universe, they don't want to make the contestants look bad because then that just makes the pageant look bad. Right. I don't know. It makes me feel like there are people who don't know pageantry who are working behind the scenes. Right, mm-hmm. which there are. Just for like sure. the and it almost seems like they're trying to see, get like a personal agenda out of it. I don't know. When I, I thought that was such a distasteful kind of question because it cost, I felt it cost her the win because she didn't technically answer the question because she said it doesn't matter, essentially. And I felt like it was unfair because when you looked at the other questions that were asked to the other contestants, they just simply weren't nearly as controversial. Oh, I hate to cut it off on you guys right here, but nonetheless, we have more for you guys. There's a part three. Get ready for that next Friday. And thank you for tuning into this one. I hope you guys learned a lot. I hope that we are covering some of the biggest topics in pageantry that came to your mind when you thought about the industry in the last 10 years since 2010 up until 2019. If there's anything else we might have missed, just let us know. Follow us on Instagram at Pageants and Prosecco and follow us on Twitter at Pageants and Wine. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Part three is coming, but as you know, I'm dropping an episode every single day highlighting a black woman in pageantry so just tune in grab your glass peace